The College Game Day podcast is presented by Old Dominion Freight Line, helping the world keep promises. Pac-10 games grab the spotlight. An old battle at Notre Dame. Are the Irish ready for it? Boy, Stanford Steve is on a tear. This is the College Game Day podcast for Friday, October 13th. Oh no, Friday the 13th means even more bad luck for our picks. Reese Davis, Pete Thamel, and Stanford Steve here. I'm going to make a confession here. Uh, Last week, I didn't have my voice. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to wonder if this is some kind of plot from Stanford Steve because Scott Van Pelt also (laughs) lost his voice. Maybe he's trying to move into hosting roles and he's, uh, he's slipping us a Mickey into the drink, a voice Mickey as it were. But the one thing I do want to know, because I didn't have the opportunity to listen to the podcast last week, in which I'm sure I was openly mocked because I could not be present, which is fair game. That's good. It's happened to Pete. It's happened to Steve. Now it's happened to me. Taylor, give me your best pick as me that you made last week since I didn't get to hear it. Peter, Steven, you know, those guys, they call me long-winded. It might be true. David Pollack, he calls me a senator at times. Maybe I'll run for office one day, but I tell you what, I'm not going to get this Red River rivalry wrong. I'm going Oklahoma, plus <laughs> the points, boomer sooner. I, I I don't think, now nobody who hears an imitation of himself ever thinks that it's accurate, but the verbiage was pretty good. Mm. And also accurate. I am long-winded, but you know, what are you going to do? I I work with I work with people who if I can slide a word in edgewise, I better snag that microphone and put it in a hammerlock and not let it go. <laughs> Steve, are you trying to are you trying to undermine Van Pelt and me by, I, by sneaking I, around the chicken coop when we lose our voices? That's the problem is I am clear of any kind of evidence, Reese, because I flew from Dallas right to Las <laughs> Vegas. So I was not around Scott. Uh, okay. As much as people want to, I, I wake up Monday morning for our call and I get texts that there's no Van Pelt that night. And I, you talk about scrambling, not knowing what the hell to do. Uh, that was a shock, but talk to him. Or I should say I texted with him to save the voice and uh, he's ready to go. He should be back on the air uh, very and, soon. That That's great. I noticed uh, you guys probably know this uh, both. I know Steve does. Scott and I are both rabid fans of the best motion picture ever made oh brother where art thou and i i noticed um i noticed that scott used the phrase vis-a-vis when texting that he would be back on thursday and the voice was better but there's a uh, there are numerous george clooney lines in that movie which are just absolutely brilliant done by the coen brothers one of them employs a vis-a-vis so he mentioned that maybe some people, you know, doing this snarky Twitter thing that they do to all of us if something happens, I don't want to hear you anyway, or whatever they said. So Scott made some reference to vis-a-vis wherever you fell on uh, me losing my voice. I'm back on Thursday. So I responded with a gif that delighted to hear it. This is wonderful news. And anybody who thinks otherwise, and then I had the, oh, brother, where art there? thou gif of Clooney saying it is a fool who looks for logic in the chambers of the human heart. So are, are you a fan of this movie too? As, as Scott turned you on to this, Steve? Uh, I have not. No, I've, I've been there with some of them. He's, he's very different with his movie taste. Uh, 
but that is one I have not seen yet that he constantly references. He, 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 John Anderson and I basically mm. had a friendly competition <laughs> way back in the day on Sports Center <laughs> as to who could get the most of those, oh, brother, where art thou lines in it. And Anderson ended up winning this competition because the, the thing was, there's an art to it. You can just go out there and spout the line, mm. but it really needs to fit, you know, so that, that was the art form to it. And, um, there is a scene and a quote in the movie that all of us are trying to get in because it's one of the funniest ones in which um, there is a, a character who has uh, who has sold his soul to the devil and he meets with Clooney and they're asking this. Uh, some of Clooney's associates are asking this character about, you know, what is uh, what is the devil really like? <laughs> and Clooney responds with this. He says. Well, of course, they're all manner of lesser imps and demons, but the great Satan himself is red and scaly, bifurcated tail, and carries a hay fork. And so we were looking for a way to get this into Sports Center, and Anderson pulled it off. It was uh, I for, it was something about um, I don't know, the Devil Rays, maybe back when okay. they were the Devil Rays or something. And Anderson found found the uh, found the edge and was able able to get it in. Anyway. So he won. So well. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Scott and I aren't the type to concede defeat that easy. Nah, I was going to say that's, <laughs> but I know Mr. Anderson would like to remind folks. That's yes, all. I'm sure he would. And, and, and neither is John, by the way. John's Correct. the guy who's going to concede no. defeat easily. And I'm sure he reveled mm. in, in that victory too. So uh, say any of you boys uh, like to pick games, that's sort of a rip off of another old brother line. You can't, you've got to get me off of this uh, Taylor of the old brother. Where art thou things? Or I will go forever because it is, it is my favorite movie of all time. You want to, you want to do some picks? Pete, Pete had a rough week last week. Yeah. Um, which means I'm probably due for a rough week this week. Pete, were you aware that you had uh, put up the bagel last week? I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I I knew I I knew I I did not get Oklahoma Texas. And um, yes, the, the the fog of Saturdays. Um, I don't <laughs> tend to uh, like track them. I always think, oh, I'm right, and then I I never go. So no, a bagel is bagels are it's hard to do. So uh, I am due. That's what I would say. I am I due. Would, I would say that it's almost uh, as much of a badge of honor to go over as it is to go perfect, which Steve almost did. You know, I'm I'm sitting here in that uh, distasteful. I will spew the out of my mouth lukewarm taste. Still another 500 week for me, which is pretty much what I've been doing. But Steve, you 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 got warm. Now we go. Now we go. Well, now that's we what I'm saying. Can we translate too, right? this to the fridge? Can we get a mention of this? Do, how'd you do on the fridge last? Two week? and two again. Isn't that frustrating? It's. You don't have to tell me how frustrating it is. <laughs> I mean, it's, but at the same time, at the same time, is if you, you know, you just keep batting five hundred. Sooner or later, you're going to have the big day. Yeah, you know, just don't don't fall in the big hole, right? No, we're in a hole, so we're trying to climb out. We're not giving up. That's all that matters. Well, we'll keep uh, firing away. I'll continue to quote my favorites as the the great. I don't care what Ryan Day thinks about him. The great Lou Holtz said, uh, "If you." you find yourself in a hole the first thing you ought to do is stop digging mm. <laughs> so there you have it. yep weekend preview is brought to you by eckridge smoked sausage Psst. the secret to winning game days this college football season is eckridge smoked sausage visit eckridge.com for dozens of simple mouth-watering recipes to elevate your next tailgate 
Taylor, let's pick some football games, some college football games for Saturday. All right, fellas, it is week seven in the race for the ribeye. The stakes are the stakes. And last week, Steve, everyone got a got a push in Maryland, Ohio State. So Steve was five and one. Otherwise, Reese, three and three. Pete, oh, and six. And then the overall results, Steve, 11 games over 500. Reese, a game under 500. And Pete, we won't even talk about your record. It's okay. We're just having fun here. So. (laughs) he's going to get Pete's going to get hot I've got confidence (laughs) always tweaking Pete can't get any colder no 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 I'm actually I'm actually trying to prop up Pete Pete's Pete's my guy you know (laughs) no I'm I'm tweaking him and he'll I'm sure he'll he'll tweak me in some form here uh let's get to the games we'll start right away we're doing these chronologically Oregon at Washington Washington a three-point favorite this is the college game day game kicks off at 330 let's go Reese Steve Pete I think this is a college football playoff level game. It is also a passion play in which both sides hate every wretched breath. Mm. The other one sucks into their greedy lungs. I mean, you have you have some incidents in this in the history of this series that are almost unparalleled. I mean, Oregon, their fans have long thrown dog biscuits at the Huskies, but back in 1999, they were accused of throwing um, various forms of excrement at Mm. at the Huskies uh, Mm -hmm. coming from dogs. That's not good. They shouldn't do that. A couple of years after that with some Washington recruits in the house uh, for an Oregon-Oregon State game, of all things, they showed a video clip of then-Washington coach Rick Neuheisel and then put it with the scene in Airplane from the movie where there is a woman um, upchucking. They showed it six times on the Jumbotron. There were apologies and all of that stuff. Mm. Still, I think it shows you the depth of disdain between these two. There are Bill Connolly on Wednesday pointed out some some really important stats. Um, Washington hasn't been great at stopping the run, and Oregon is definitely going to run the ball in terms of success rate. I mean, you know, Washington is so good in big plays. Oregon goes about it differently. The Oregon defense ranks very highly right now, but they haven't faced an offense like this. I think both teams are playoff caliber, and I don't think the loser is eliminated from this. I'm going, Washington got them last year. I think they get them again, and I also think they cover largely because of home field and big plays. I think they're going to play again in the Pac-12 championship game. Mm. So, and and this is from a guy who before the season picked SC to go to the playoff. I think right now these two teams are more complete and better than USC. And I think they'll play Saturday and Washington will win and cover. And then it remains to be seen if they rematch who I picked then. Give me the Huskies in this one. I agree with all you said, uh, Reese. It's, you bring up 99. Uh, that's that's the year uh had the chance to play there and Marcus Tuiasasopo then set a record for most rushing yards and passing yards in a game over 500 300 and 200 uh I'm excited for our show to see Seattle when they're like this we've been there in the past this is when they are in it's as good as it gets uh as loud as the places I've ever been and watching Oregon you touched on it they haven't played anybody and when I watch what they've done offensively I don't see that offensive line having success on the road in this environment. Uh, I look what Washington brings to the table on that defensive front, uh, and I, I I think that that's the difference. Uh, I love what Washington's done offensively. 
but I don't see Oregon being able to be consistent offensively due to that offensive line. So I'm going to take Washington and lay the points also. Well, this is where when I when I don't save the graphic, you guys should be scared because I'm on a I am on a cold streak right now. Um, interesting that Vegas set the over under at 67. That's a big number, and mm-hmm. I think that's a testament to two programs that are very good. And I agree with all the the high end platitudes here. Their definitive weaknesses and the difference of them being playoff contenders and I think national title contenders is neither has a great secondary. Neither has dudes back there. It's jarring to see Washington not have high-end secondary talent, considering that, you know, they're making DBU arguments with LSU, you know, over the past five years. And some of that, and again, you got three coaches in a four-year span or so. Like some of that stuff is just hard when you've lost some continuity to get older dudes in the secondary. So that said, I think it will be a shootout. And I am not going to go against Michael Penix in a shootout. He has been you can argue if he's been the best quarterback in the country. There's an argument. He has been the most fun to watch quarterback in the country. He is a sniper. He can he can put balls in small windows downfield, opposite hash. He's lefty. He's got the funky release. He has just been a blast to watch, and I do not see him losing this game with their full complement of receivers back at home. So I'm going to take Washington in something like a 47 to 40 uh, shootout. Reese, is after last year and the success Bo Nix had, is that the old, you know, SEC people that wanted to take the Bo Nix splits, Holman versus Road? Is that still a thing, or did he put that to rest last year? I, I think he's kind of put it to rest, Steve. Me the too. biggest thing that I think that has changed for Bo is emotionally. And I, I had some fun. I hope it wasn't necessarily at his expense, but I guess it was in some regards. I'd likened to a Bo Nix offense to riding a carnival ride, not even necessarily one at the state fair of Texas, one <laughs> that they come and sit up, set up in the parking lot of the dollar general. And maybe it's the most, maybe it's the most exhilarating thrill ride you've ever been on. And you get off and you say, man, that was fantastic. That was amazing. What a ride. That was awesome. Or maybe the guy goes to get, uh, a corn dog at the 7-Eleven and he forgets to latch the safety bar and you wind up rear end over tea kettle in the parking lot, you know, and that was the Bo Nix experience at Auburn. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that his dad was a great player at Auburn. There was so much on him and he felt there was such an emotional investment and attachment to Auburn football. He felt as if he had to be the savior. He wanted to make the play. He, you know, and he, He's capable of doing a ton because he's mm-hmm. a tremendous athlete and an excellent quarterback. But even for guys like that, there can be trying to do too much. That's where Bo found himself at Auburn. Oregon version of Bo Nix stays within himself and uses his considerable skill set uh, within the offense and then picks his moments wisely. Um I'm I'm a believer in Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix has a chance to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he's really good. Um, and I think he'll play very well on the road Saturday. I just think uh, Washington will have a little bit, a little bit more. Maybe they won't when they meet again for the Pac-12 championship mm. if that in fact happens. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, 
It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Next up, we got Texas A&M at Tennessee. Tennessee, a three and a half point favorite. This one kicks off at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Let's go Steve, Pete, Reese. Tough one, as is, I believe, every game uh, amongst with a ranked team involved uh, in the SEC this week uh, when you look at the matchups and what happened last week. But this one, it feels both both teams are on tilt. Uh, I, you know, A&M hasn't won the games that they expected to. Uh, plenty made of, of Jimbo and decision-making last week in that game against Alabama, Tennessee off a bye. And you look at their schedule moving forward, what's that going to look like, say, in a month? I have no idea. I do believe A&M can make Tennessee one-dimensional, and I'm not there with Tennessee's accuracy at the quarterback spot with Milton. So I'm going to take the three. I don't love it at all, but I'll take the three and a half uh, with the Aggies. So all instinct, guts, churn uh, philosophies that have guided my picking clearly are wrong. So I should probably be like doing the opposite of my gut at this point. But I feel like if I took Texas A&M in this game midway through the first quarter when Tennessee goes up 14 nothing, I would really hate myself. Like, how did I trust that outfit? And Steve had some of those similar feelings conjuring up inside him. He very wisely probably went linear to talent and you know, some recent performance and not that, but I'm, I'm hooked on a feeling and I am going to, uh, I'm going to take the Vols. I can still see in my mind that stadium flashing and that stadium sort of erupting when we were there last year, Reese watching on the, uh, watching on the sidelines. So I will, I dare Jimbo to go in there and stock a, and stock a win. Cause if not that old chirping out of college station is going to get a little louder. So you're, you're going big orange. I'm going big orange. Give them, give them to me by a touchdown. I'll take them like 27, 20. I'm going Tennessee too, and it goes against sort of a core belief. Um, Tennessee leads the SEC in rushing, and I will, if someone controls a line of scrimmage to that degree, I tend to go with them. But Texas A&M, you're not running on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're the best rush defense in the SEC. They absolutely shut down Alabama from running. And Alabama's offensive line hasn't performed to what it thought it would, but still. Mm-hmm. They shut them down. Not a single player has rushed for more than 60 yards against AM this year. Tennessee has three guys who average 60 yards per game rushing. I feel as if Texas AM ought to win this game. I feel as if I ought to pick Texas AM. But they're 0 6 and 2 against the spread when the lines between, when the lines basically field goals, a little more than that right now, I think. And they're 1 and 4 on the road since the start of last season and Jimbo uh, and I'm uh, I still believe Jimbo Fisher to be a very good football coach, but I think he's gotten way too conservative, way too risk aversive to win a game like this. I don't trust them. Uh, I'll just put it simply. I don't trust Texas A&M to win this game. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, Tennessee. 
he managed that game so poorly against Alabama in so many different ways. I just, it was, yeah, just there was hundred percent left, Way right, too risk averse. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you really, if your defense is really that good and you're stopping the run, mm-hmm. I don't care. He said, "Well, if it'd been a half yard, we would have gone for it on that fourth. Yeah, d- dude, just they can't run it. If mm. your philosophy is to make Milrow beat you, which he ended up doing, but if you stick with that philosophy." You know, I think I said on Wednesday, whatever your philosophy is, believe in it and stick with it. They mm-hmm. they're way too conservative uh, on decisions like that. You know, he got st- he went for it one time, got stopped, and it was like he wasn't going to do it again. Um, I'm going to need to see that they can come through in a spot like this. I don't love Tennessee. I mean, mm. don't I don't I was high on them in the preseason. They haven't lived up to what I expected of them. Um, but I sure don't trust A and M. So I'm going I'm going with Tennessee. Boys, we got a beefy one out in the Big Ten West. Iowa at Wisconsin. Wisconsin, a 10-point favorite. A little tiny total, though, 36 points. Let's go Pete, Reese, and Steve. 36? Is this like Army-Navy? That's like an Army-Navy. You know more about over-unders than me, Steve, right? Yeah, it might be worse watching it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, how do you take – if the over-under is 36, how do you not take 10 points, right? Um, I, I feel like the issue with this Wisconsin team has been they haven't been able to go in and get down and dirty. They are not like Luke Fickle's teams at Cincinnati. There is a there is a toughness culture transition right now. Yep. You can doubt a lot of things about Iowa, but I don't doubt their toughness. So I think I would be a pretty good super dog here because, you know, they're good. They're good for a special teams touchdown and all this. And uh, they have figured out a way to win games. And they have certainly figured out a way to be to be close. And this Wisconsin defense is not some like mauling, marauding unit. It's just okay. So I think there'll be a lot of poking and a lot of prodding. And uh, I'm I'm going to take Iowa with those uh, with those ten. I'm taking Iowa too. This is the least interesting Big Ten trophy of all of the Big Ten trophies. The Heartland Trophy is the least interesting trophy. Of course, the most interesting one is $5 Bits of Broken Chair, but I digress. However, even with the least interesting trophy and taking the 10 because you figure nobody's going to score much in this game, this might be the most important game of the weekend in terms of determining who makes the college football playoff. Because if Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State on the other side all wind up in a three-way tie for first and they've all beaten each other, which was sort of uh, the easiest way that happens is everybody wins their home game. Ohio State beats Penn State, who beats Michigan, who beats Ohio State. You'll get down to the fifth tiebreaker. It involves the records of opponents from the other division. Mm. Ohio State has Wisconsin on its schedule. Penn State has Iowa could come into play in separating both of them from Michigan, which would then uh, could have helped determine the winner of the Big Ten East, who's going to be the Big Ten champion and the most likely playoff team from there. So huge game. Don't underestimate it for what it means for the other division. And I, look, I'm not, I, I'm not taking anybody to cover double digits in that game. So I, I'll take Iowa in the points. They could get shut out and cover. Very good point. That's an excellent point. How great would that be, by the way? Get shut out, cover. I'm glad I torn between this game. You guys go with the points. I'll take a chance to get a win, and I'll just take Wisconsin minus points. Talking to guys on their staff, too, not afraid uh, to admit that they're still feeling things out. 
you know, exactly their personnel. And I expect a big, you know, I, I meant to look this up, Reese. I think it would be good to add on with that scenario you have looking down. But the home team in this game, I feel like, has had a lot of success. Expect a big crowd uh, at Camp Randall. I'll lay the points. On a day with a lot of great games here, this is a, a very sneaky good one. We got Marshall at Georgia State. Georgia State, a one-point favorite. This is a, a battle here in the Sun Belt East, trying to keep pace with James Madison, who's undefeated at the top of the division. Let's go Reese, Steve, Pete. And James Madison, unfortunately, because of the weird rules, not eligible to win the mm -hmm. conference and go to a bowl game. Still, it's a transition, and they might still be the best team in the conference. I'm going to go. Dumbest rule, by the way. Sorry yeah. The high just the dumbest. A, a, yeah. Just like, like what are, who are we punishing here? Yeah, you're either in or you're out. I understand yeah. the, the intent is to keep teams from bouncing up and down. Um, I mean, I get that. Yeah. But. It's still ridiculous. James Madison has no intention of dropping of dropping back down to the FCS. I digress. I'm going with Marshall. Got a great back, Rasheen Ali, who mm -hmm. only Blake Corum has more rushing touchdowns than they have. Uh, Charles Huff has really established an identity. I'll I'll fully confess that I was surprised they didn't beat North Carolina State last week. I thought they were going to. Yeah. Um, probably a good thing that wasn't on the picks list, or that would have been another loss for me. <laughs> but I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go with uh, Marshall and their running game to win this game. I agree. I, I like what Marshall brings to the table. Uh, Fancher, the, the quarterback, I mean, 51 pass attempts last week at NC State. I didn't expect that. I thought they would have success uh, running the football, but they've had good balance all year. So I'm going to take Marshall um, in this one. How dare you besmirch Marcus Carroll, Georgia State's tailbacks averaging 5.1 yards a carry. Marshall's run defense <laughs> flat out stinks. Mm. And uh, Georgia State isn't going to be a household name in the Sun Belt, but our friend Harry Lyles went to school there. So we, I'm I am going to ride the Georgia State run game. They play in that big, spooky, haunted indoor house, uh, yeah. Reese. And um, <laughs> I, uh, I I really think Georgia State is poised to uh, poised to pull an upset. Marshall's lost some juice. Got beat up and beat around in uh, in Raleigh last week, and I think they can uh, they can jam the ball down the throat and win. If I was dedicating games to you guys, I would dedicate this one to Steve Wyoming at Air Force. Air Force a ten and a half point favorite that kicks off at seven p.m. Eastern time. We'll start with Steve, then go Pete and Reese. Oh, uniform game! Great uniform game. Ooh, I ball. look at uh, Wyoming and the success that they have had against this Air Force offense, which is. Pretty mind-blowing when you watch Air Force play every other team in the conference, and it's amazing to me no one's tried to model in the success that they have had. Uh, I think it's too many points. Wyoming, obviously, in an possible letdown spot after the huge win last week. Uh, I will take the Cowboys plus the points. So I am. Uh, I know the affinity for Brown Mustard on game day and on this call in particular, but – I am just a huge fan of the the Air Force offensive evolution, considering the uh, considering the personnel that they lost, and they just keep rolling. Look, they sputtered. They only scored thirteen at Sam Houston early, mm. and then they've just kind of let it rip. They ran thirty nine on Utah State. They ran forty five on San Jose. They almost hung a fifty burger on San Diego State, which people don't do against that against that defense. So. I feel like they figure out a way at home to keep that uh, to keep that rolling. I don't trust Wyoming's offense to keep up. So I am taking Air Force. Wyoming's a different animal at home and away. Mm. But 
you know, we referenced on Wednesday, they took Texas into the fourth quarter tied. Some of that was hangover. It was the week after Texas had beaten Alabama. So some of that was somewhat predictable, but they were able to run the ball a little bit on them, control the clock, which is what Craig Bowl likes to do. I'm, I'm Steve, I'm sort of aligned with you on this one. It's I, I expect Air Force to win, mm-hmm. but I it just feels like a few too many points. Yeah. Now, you know, they Wyoming also has had a tendency this year to fall into a big hole. Yeah. Now that that could be problematic. And this could be one of those Pete Thamel specials when you look up in the late in the first quarter and think, why did I do that? You know, yep. Pete always talks about don't make a pick that's going to make you think, you know, when you look up and they're down 14, nothing. Why did I do that? <laughs> that that could happen. And that does give me pause because that was a really big emotional win for Wyoming last week against Fresno State, stopping the nation's second longest winning streak. Now you go on the road and you get probably the best team in the Mountain West now. It is with some pause, even with my affinity for Bowl and Wyoming and the Cowboys and how they play. I do have pause doing it because of the emotional spot. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take the take win the game but i'm going to take the 10 and a half and, and see if they can sneak into the uh sneak into the back door okay interesting one here two teams that love to play different kinds of close games usc at notre dame notre dame a three-point favorite that kicks off at 7 30 p.m eastern let's go pete reese steve It'll be interesting to see how, how USC comes out in this game because their defense has become the most criticized and uh and you know, analyzed unit other than Miami's clock management uh, coordinators this week. And I really feel like in this spot where I don't have a lot of conviction, I'm going to go convicted behind Caleb Williams. One thing about Caleb Williams' career at USC, he has figured out how to win games, period, end stop. Forget how terrible their defense is. I do think Damani Jackson coming back is going to help. I think Zachariah Branch, if he is back, he's practiced uh, limited early this week. Um, I think that could be a shot in the arm at special teams, but I am going to I am going to ride the one sure thing in this game, right? Like Notre Dame's O line supposed to be a sure thing, hasn't been a sure thing. Caleb Williams is a sure thing, and uh, it'll be fun to see if they pick on Morrison, who had obviously a uh, a really strong game I thought against Ohio State. But I am uh, I'm just going to run with Caleb and take a few points. This game will go down to the last play. Right. Like, I feel like we are in a like a like a bush pushy kind of like we're ready for like a USC Notre Dame classic. So I'll uh, I'll, I'll take the points and uh, and see who uh, see who figures it out at the end. Trojans haven't won in South Bend since 2011. They've lost five in a row there. Longest active road losing streak against anybody. Um, Notre Dame's offensive line. Are you who you said you were? Mm. Are you who you said you were? Notre Dame, are you on offense who you say that you are? This is this is the test. Notre Dame's season hangs in the balance right here. If they don't win this game, then the best Notre Dame can do is just have a pretty good season. You still have a game against Clemson. Most of the schedule's manageable. Nothing's going to get you terribly excited about what Notre Dame can accomplish the rest of the year. This is it. They've averaged less than 20 points a game over the last three. Sam Hartman had another disaster in Louisville. 
best thing Notre Dame's offense has going for it is at least they don't have to play in uh in Louisville Stadium. I don't know what they call it anymore now that they've changed the name. Oh, Papa John but, got uh oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, you can't call it that anymore. Sorry. I, or, well, you can, but it's not what it's called. Whatever they call the stadium, Sam's had disasters there. How do they bounce back from that? Newt Rockney once gave a pep talk for this game from a wheelchair. Notre Dame has to wake up every echo. They have to shake down every clap of thunder to try to save their season. And they're not going to do it because 13's on the other side. I'm taking SC. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm taking Notre Dame. I like we talked about Jimbo. Obviously, we talked about Mario decision making. I was blown away at Notre Dame's decision to. I mean, there's over eight minutes left to go, and I still can't believe they went for that fourth down. Uh, that really swung. I thought the game. I thought they still had a chance. I mean, knowing what's at stake and in your capability, I, I, I still am really, really interested to see how Notre Dame comes out in this game. Uh, we touched on it after the game, Reese, just the idea of getting, you know, getting back up three weeks in a row. Now you got to move four and your back's all the way against the wall. This is a monster, monster spot, I think, for Marcus Freeman. Knowing his defensive mentality, Al Golden, uh, they played lights out uh, to, to uh, Ohio State all the way to the end. I expect that crowd to be as good as it was for Ohio State, and I I really just feel like SC is cooking with fire. Uh, and they're telling you, you know, I I think they're telling you to take Notre Dame. They're they're two losses to an undefeated team, and they're favored. I'll take Notre Dame minus the points. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is uh, Mario Cristobal an all-time committed to the bit guy with his not kneeling the ball? It's very, very funny to me that he he refuses to do it. And unfortunately, that overshadows Miami going to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Three-point favorite in this one that kicks off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Let's go, Reese, Steve. If I went with USC, because I, I think their quarterback is the one who can make a difference, mm-hmm. even, though I, even though I think Sam Hartman's obviously a really good player. I think Tyler Van Dyke's a really good player. Didn't play well last week. Threw three interceptions against Georgia Tech. But Miami uh, Miami has a history of not following up well. Uh, they're one in five against the spread uh, straight up after a loss under Cristobal. They're one and eight in ACC play against the spread under Cristobal. Worst cover percentage in the ACC in that span. And though Drake May, I don't think has really clicked all season, throw more interceptions than you might expect. There's some mm-hmm. ball placement issues. Uh, but having Tez Walker back on the field, even with just normal six catches for, I think it was under 50 yards, but it gives you, it gives you a different weapon to worry about, right? I think North Carolina answers the bell finally. This is a big spot for them, too, if they want to prove yeah. to be something other than a good team with, a, with an excellent quarterback. I think they come through. I, I think they hand Miami a second straight loss, and North Carolina announces that they're in this thing for the long haul. 
I, 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 I go ahead, Pete. So I was going to say, I have probably been listeners to our picks uh, the, the past couple of years, series, and I probably have sensed my Carolina skepticism because obviously they spiraled at the end of last year, and I sort of kept it uh, kept it as the season has gone. Their defense certainly earned skepticism last year, um, but if you think I'm going to back that Miami team coming off that loss. Like, you are crazy. You want to talk about an all-time pity your stomach game? Like, um, and you have all this good juju right now with Carolina. It was interesting with Tez Walker. They were like, hey, we don't know how many snaps he's going to get. No, no, they fed Tez, all right? Like, and they're going to continue to feed Tez. He didn't start last week. I don't have an indication if he's going to start this week, but starting really doesn't matter. Um, they're going to get him the ball. He energizes that whole offense and that whole receiving core right about that time we're in the dog days of the season. Like you, you get an all American caliber player, a top 50 player in the sport to, to inject some, some optimism there. So I am, uh, I am, I am rolling with the heels here. Uh, Reese, you're in the play by play business. I can't imagine knowing who's on this call with Mr. McDonough and Mr. McElroy. <laughs> And how oh. everyone roots for, you know, everybody roots for their game, right? They want the best game. And I can't imagine being around Mr. McDonough watching the end of that Miami game. I can't, I, the work, I just, I, that's all. I thought about it a ton knowing when I saw that that was their game. <laughs> everybody always wants to prop up. But anyway, how about Hasselback, by the way, he called that thing cold. Like as, as good as there is at calling games, Tim Hasselback, he is absolutely mm -hmm. tremendous. Uh, I was happy for him and Wes to be all over that call because they were they were tremendous. They were ahead of it and they saw it coming a mile away. I haven't been on the right side of a North Carolina game all year, and that's because I've been picking against them with the spread and they've been rolling. I totally feel like Miami is the uh, is the right side, knowing that they. I, it's kind of like you know the Notre Dame thing going in uh, after Ohio State. Uh, how are they going to come out against Duke? I, I look at North Carolina here. I just I'm taking them, uh, and I'm, I'll lay the points. I, I love I, I Reese. You said it clicking. I, I think we saw last week finally Drake little you know weight left off those shoulders. Know that he got his his guy back, and I expect a bit comes if not when for North Carolina. This yep. this is exactly what you want and what you need to take that next step. This is one of those steps. Uh, heels at home and in a night game. You know, you know what, Steve? You're saying, if not now, when? And uh, you can use this as a challenge to North Carolina. If you don't win this game after what happened to Miami, yeah, we have this thing that we say it's a little disparaging, but that's why you're North Carolina. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why you're North Carolina and you're not Clemson. You know, that's why you're North Carolina and you're not, you know, vintage Florida State. Yep. You got to win this game. Yeah. If they're, if they're going to be what they aspire to be, they have to win. Was it 80 or 81? Last league title? Yeah, 80. 80, 80 was last league title, I think. Dick Crumb. 79 for NC State. Yes. Yeah, good, yeah, good call. Wow. Missouri at Kentucky. Kentucky is two-and-a-half-point favorite. That kicks off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Let's go Steve, Pete, Reese. Tough one. Uh, both teams beaten in different ways last week when they had a huge opportunity uh, to knock off some, some bigger-name teams in the league. Missouri's better at quarterback. I didn't think I was going to say that at the beginning of the season, but they're better at quarterback. Leary is not accurate. His 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 uh, percentage on throws more than twenty yards not good. Uh, completions way down last week, and I feel like Missouri just has so, has a better all around team. The problem is this game is at night in in Lexington, 
and that's where I I, I feel like Stoops will have his guys ready. Uh, you saw his demeanor in his radio show talking about buying players in Georgia. Listen, <laughs> he's right. Uh, that I mean, that's what it is. People could take it the way he is. I do expect a bounce back effort uh, from Kentucky here. I don't love it, but I'll lay the points with the home team. Missouri's been weird because I think going into the year, we had a lot of questions about yeah. their offense and felt really good about their personnel on defense. And the reality has actually been flipped. Their uh, their defense has been suspect and their offense has played, uh, you know, really, really well. Yeah. Um, I picked against Missouri in the K-State game because they got stoned so badly the year before. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, Mevis gave us one of the great moments of the season winning that game. I don't think from what I've seen of Missouri yet that they are capable of going on the road and going pound for pound with Kentucky. Now, look, Kentucky just got ragdolled, but there is there's an undercurrent of physicality and toughness that, that I think is ahead of where Missouri is right now, especially their defense played. So I don't trust them to stop the run in this game, so I'm going to take the Wildcats. 100%. I agree. I, I'm going with Kentucky as well. Um, to your point, Luther Burden leads the nation in receiving yards, and you've got the top two rushers in the SEC. Everybody knows about Ray Davis, but Cody Schrader is uh, just behind him in rushing in the SEC. But I just I trust Kentucky more at home, the physical nature. I'm going to go with the Wildcats too. UCLA at Oregon State. Oregon State, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. at kicks off at 8 p.m. Eastern. Let's go Pete, Reese, Steve. I don't think there's been a more impactful coordinator hire this year than uh, D'Anton Lynn. Uh, Anthony mm-hmm. Lynn's son came from the NFL, never coached a college football game. And the Bruins have, like, voila, essentially the best defense in the country, which is just a, it's just a remarkable turn. And they beat different kind of teams, too. Like, you don't see Washington State's offense on Sundays, right? And they figured out a way to do it, made adjustments, and and shut them out in the, in the fourth quarter. So all props to them. That said – Oregon State's offense isn't that complex. It's based on physicality, and uh, I just think they have been relentlessly sound. So I uh, I trust the Beef to, to be able to push and move the ball around at home. I hope Reeser is just a, a, a wild pandemonium sort of last call pit, and I am going to take Oregon State to find a way to push around that very good Bruin defense. Oh, is it Steve or me? Oh, it's, sorry. it's you, Reese. Oh, I'm sorry. It's me. Okay. Sorry. Here we go. Three, two. Ranking these teams this week, the next <laughs> group of teams in the Pac-12 was difficult. It was sort of an exercise in why you can't you, – you have to value head-to-head, but it can't mean everything because Oregon State beat Utah, which beat UCLA, which beat Washington State, which beat Oregon State. <laughs> and, you know, so I think evaluating – the UCLA defense sort of falls into that too. It's a little bit misleading. I think they're good. And I agree with Pete about DeAnton Lynn. He's really made a huge difference. They're third in the country in rush defense, but the best rush offense they faced is Coastal Carolina. And they're in the bottom half of the country. Um, They're ranked 73rd. They've only allowed one rushing touchdown. It came to North Carolina Central. Oregon State's going to try to run the ball. And Oregon State's run it on just about everybody, not quite as successfully, you know, against Utah, but still, I think, well over three and a half yards per carry in in that game. They're really good at home. I think I think they're good. And DJ Uyangalule quietly is top 10 in the country in QBR. Jonathan Smith's done a really good job putting him in position to succeed. Um I really like this Oregon State team. I'm going to take them. Uh, I'm going to take them to cover the three and a half and beat UCLA. 
I love both these teams. And seeing the scores of last week's games between these two teams, I had to go back and watch. And, Reese, you touched on it. Now, DJ made some throws last week. And you could say whatever you want. It's against Cal. But I'm telling you, when you watch the tape, he, what he did was really, really impressive. And you look what UCLA did in just pounding Carson Steele against that Washington State defense. Uh, Oregon State's defense has been the problem. Uh, I thought they'd be better. I do expect them to play better in, in, in front of their home crowd. But I look at what Cal did and just using motion shifts. UCLA loves to do that stuff. I'm going to take the three and a half. I think Oregon State wins by a field goal. This is this is a great game uh, in Corvallis Saturday night. I can't wait to watch it. And uh, I, I, if, if UCLA wins this game, watch out. Watch out because they don't play Oregon and Washington. And they got an inside track. Uh, I believe, even though they have a loss, this is the loss. This is the win they have to get to get propped back up. So uh, I think it's a tight game, but I'll I'll take the three and a half because I think it's a field goal game. A great way to bookend the day with the mm -hmm. game at Oregon State following the game at Washington, uh, which will be Saturday afternoon on ABC. College game day will be at Washington. Steve, Pete, and I will be there. Hope you'll join us for that. And we'll see how the picks come out in this race for the ribeye. Thanks for listening to the College Game Day podcast. A reminder to subscribe so you never miss a single episode. We'll see you next week.